0: Can we welcome Tamara, Pastor Tamara, as she comes up? Bless you.
1: It is wonderful to be with you tonight. What an awesome start to the night. How good was that? Yeah, yeah, let's do a round of applause. That would be brilliant. I want to extend my welcome to you two as well. It's really wonderful to have you with us this evening. I actually have to change the tone a bit and share with you a tragedy that's hit the Cordes household recently. My car's Navman broke. Oh, I know, right? It was terrible. I'm talking there was no music, no stream podcasts, no Spotify, no Bluetooth. I couldn't even use the radio. I know. It's like we'd been taken back to the dark ages. Thankfully, there was air console okay. But, like any good Gen Zer, after smashing around a few buttons and that didn't work, I was rummaging around my car and I made the most incredible discovery. Did you know your car has an instruction manual? <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I'm not kidding. Look, Hyundai has written an instruction manual for my car. Check your glove box when you go home, I tell you, it's there. And I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I think I'm in good company. I have never opened that instruction manual, ever. And so for the last 10 years nearly, driving on the roads, it made me doubt my driving, you know? Have I been driving the right way? Have I been driving that's actually damaging my car? It got me really worried. And then I started to think, how often do we ask those same questions about how we live life? Because did you know that your creator wrote an instruction manual for you? A way to live life to its full capacity and within your designed limits? Tonight we are launching our church-wide series, Your Kingdom Come. And what better way to start this series than the very foundation Of God's values, his word, God's word, living out God's word. It is our instruction manual for life. And last week, if you were here, you would have heard Nathan share a story about a guy living in his car who encountered God's kingdom through the life of someone who is living out God's word every single day. God's Word is described in Psalm 19 as perfect, as more precious than gold, sweeter than honey, and reviving to the soul. But the most important part of God's word is that it must be lived out. The power of God's word doesn't come from just listening it. It comes from doing it. If you've got your Bibles with you, open them up to James chapter 1 verses 22. not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. So often we make scripture about an intellectual pursuit, when rather it should be a transformational reality. And so I deceived in our spiritual experience. How many times have we gone through those front doors after church and either completely forgotten about the message, or even worse, arguably, said, oh, that was a good sermon, and then done nothing about it, changed nothing about the way that we live. Don't be mistaken. Listening to a good sermon won't cause you to grow. It's actually what you do afterwards where the power in God's word lies. Last year, Pastor Andrew actually shared a story on this same passage and it has stuck with me ever since, so I I want to share it with you tonight. It goes a bit like this. Suppose there was a director of a company and the company has grown and become so successful that he travels overseas to plant another office. The director goes to his manager and says, I'm leaving you in charge while I'm away, but don't worry, I'll keep in contact I'll call you, I'll send letters, I'll keep in communication and give you every instruction you need to keep the place running while I'm away. So the director goes away and after a year he comes back and the first thing he's greeted with are the gardens. The grass is six feet tall. There are vines growing up the side of the house and there are weeds all through the pavement. He goes into the office and there's dust on the carpet, crumbs, roaches rain everywhere. The lights aren't even working. He looks up, and there's the receptionist scrolling on their phone on Facebook behind a mound of papers and old used coffee cups. The director goes to the manager, manager and says, What happened? The manager says, well, What do you mean? The director says, What happened to all the instructions I gave you? The manager says, oh, yeah, I got all your instructions. I read them all. You know, we even had a weekly gathering to teach and study them. And then we broke up into small groups to discuss and learn about them further. Some of your letters were so good that we committed to memorizing them. The director says, but what did you do about them? And the manager says, oh, well, nothing. And there lies the foolishness and the deception of merely listening to God's word and not doing anything about it. God has not given us his divine wisdom, pages and pages of loving instruction, guidance and truth for us to not do anything about it. There is no point in memorizing scripture if it does not change your life? If you do not act on it, what's the point of knowing God's promises, of knowing who he is, if it does not change the way that we live? We can memorize Christ's victory over death all we want, but unless we live in it, unless we live it out in our behavior, it is worthless to us. If I read that Christ took upon himself all my sins, died, conquered death, rose again, so that I am no longer condemned by sin, if I read that and then do not renounce my old ways of living, I am deceived in my religion, as James says. My religion is worthless. He continues actually in chapter 2, verse 14. James says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Even the demons know who God is. But we who are called to live in God's light, who call ourselves children of God, are called to a life of obedience to God's loving instruction through good deeds. Our faith, if not accompanied by a life that reflects that faith, is dead. And here is where things can be misunderstood. The line between grace and works gets blurred. It is So pervasive and so subtle that many of us miss it and we get trapped in this cycle of working for our salvation that turns God's loving instruction and makes it feel like a restrictive shackle rather than the true key to freedom and fullness of life. When we misunderstand our calling to do good works as the cause of our salvation rather than the result our life turns into a performance. We carry out good deeds as an act from counterfeit hearts. How we behave in private becomes different to how we behave in the presence of others. Scott actually shared about this in his testimony. I want to read a bit more of it to you again. He says, for two years post-schooling, I was living a double life of where I would still come to church and would still experience the party lifestyle being caught up heavily with alcohol. For these years, I would live two separate lives, in living the party lifestyle and still attending church. During the later stages of 2020, it was then I realized I couldn't be living this double lifestyle anymore, and I realized I needed to make a commitment to God. It was during this time that I decided to focus on seeking God and fully allowing Him into my life. When I made this decision, I could clearly see God working and blessing me with incredible mentors that have helped me grow and learn in my faith journey. Scott knows firsthand the power of God's word, of making him Lord over his whole life and the transformation that God has done in him. Anyone who knows Scott can testify to the genuine authenticity of his character and his kind heart all through God's transformational power. Living out God's word is not behaving in a certain way. Being one way when people are around, putting up a facade, and then doing whatever you want when they leave. It is a full transformation. Heart, mind, body and soul of who we are and how we live. We can perform many functions of religion and yet, still have no spiritual life. We can attend church every Sunday, be in a connect group, go to a prayer meeting, tithe 10%. And yet if those deeds are carried out as a payment for our salvation or from hearts that have not accepted God's grace, James says our faith is worthless for it is only by grace through faith that we are saved by the blood of Christ. And this faith, true faith, produces works. Works are the result of our salvation, not the cause. Our good works should be an outflow of our love for and faith in God. A Bible scholar was once quoted saying, real life has to produce a lifestyle of good works. The one who is truly born again will possess a vibrant faith in the Lord that will show that reality in the way he lives, in choosing to live out God's word. And we've just witnessed that tonight with Ivy, Declan and Scotty, through their faith have been moved to action and are choosing to commit to live their lives for God and out his word. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13 says, Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. We need to be so careful about this when we're living out God's word that we do not mistake working out our salvation for working for our salvation. And the only way to do this, to ensure this, is to keep coming back to the cross. When we live out God's word, we must do so in light of Christ and what he has done for us. As Jono shared the other week, actually, he said, the cross is where striving stops And freedom begins. It is by no coincidence that Jesus is called the word in John chapter 1. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him know Jesus is God's word. God's greatest, most amazing message to the world wasn't just through work. Thanks so much. Excellent. Yes, good chance to just stop, reflect. Awesome. Where were we? Jesus is God's word. God's ultimate message to humanity was not just through words, but through actions, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ's perfect life was the fulfillment of the law that us, that we in our humanity could never satisfy. But now, through the grace given to us, we can look into the perfect law that James describes and no longer be condemned but experience freedom. Not only has Christ fulfilled the law so that we don't have to, but he's given us his Holy Spirit to empower us to live out God's word and become more and more like God created us to be. When we live within our created design, we experience a freedom and fullness like nothing else life can offer. If we go back to my car, my little I-30, if I follow the instruction manual and drive it as it's intended, within its design parameters, my car will thrive. But if... Instead of abiding to the instruction manual, I fill it with diesel or Red Bull or soft drink. (laughs) How far do you think my car will get before the engine gives out? In the same way, when we are not living out God's word, instead of doing that, we live out the worldly desires and standards and definitions. How far do you think it'll be before we give out? before our souls give out. A number of years ago, I was journeying with a girl who'd just finished school. And we'd been journeying together through Connect for a whole year. At the end of the year, she came to me and she said she wouldn't be coming back. She said she hated Christianity and the rules and restrictions and regulations. She hated feeling guilty when she got drunk. She hated not having the kind of fun that her friends were having or the kind of physical relationships that they were having. She said her faith felt like it was holding her back from enjoying life and that when she'd had her fun, she'd think about God when she was old. And my heart broke for her. It is still breaking for her. That was six years ago, and I haven't seen her since. I am broken that she never understood God's love, that she thought his love and instruction was a shackle rather than the key to unlocking freedom and the fullness of life. I am broken knowing that she's out there somewhere, missing out on living the life that God created her to be, and instead being deceived by the emptiness of the world. God does not instruct us to follow his word because he's a buzzkill or because he wants us to suffer under our submission to him. No, no. He gives us his word to instruct us because he created us. He loves us. He knows what we need to thrive. He knows what is good for our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our souls. And he wants to see us flourish with him. As I was trying to summarize and gather my thoughts about this message, I came across Ephesians 2, and Jono shared that a bit earlier. I wanna read it to you again. It says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience, And your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil and the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us. As shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this, it is a gift. From God, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Because of God's grace and Christ's sacrifice, we are called to do to work, to live out God's word and experience the freedom and abundant life that comes from a life lived as it was designed. And tonight we have the opportunity to share in communion together. I invite you to grab those out and get ready for them now. I think it's so important that we come back to the cross where striving stops and freedom begins. Freedom and empowerment to live out God's word. As we share in communion, I want you to take some time to seek God. Ask him to search your heart. Have you been living not according to God's instruction manual? Have you done damage to yourself in the way that you've been living? I want you to know tonight that the blood of Christ heals all wounds, washes us clean, regardless of how you were living, you are redeemed, you are reconciled, you are made new through Jesus' blood. This is why we share in communion, to remember that Christ died to set us free to make what was impossible possible. Through his death and resurrection, we are no longer condemned, no longer slaves to our sinful desires, but alive in Christ that we may live for him, live out his word. We may look into the law that once condemned us, but now we experience freedom through the fulfillment of the law. It is only through Christ's sacrifice that we are able to live out God's word. And so tonight, I wanna give you a chance to respond. Maybe you want a fresh start, a new chance to live out God's word, to live in the freedom and fullness of life that he has designed you for. When we take communion, I wanna encourage you to ask him. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel like God's word is a restricting shackle rather than the true key to unlock freedom. I want to implore you, don't leave tonight without asking God to reveal the depth of his freedom, the depth of his love that he has for you. Don't leave tonight without receiving prayer or without telling someone close to you so that we can journey with you and intercede with you and speak truth into your life because it is God's greatest desire, his greatest desire to be in relationship with you and that you would live in the freedom that he designed you for. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And said, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup So this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I wanna give you a chance to just pray and seek God and ask him to reveal the areas in your life that aren't in his instruction manual. And when you feel comfortable, I invite you to take the bread, but hold on to the cup. We'll drink that together. Would you join me as we drink together? Oh, loving God, we come to you now and we thank you that you knew us before we were born. You knew our inmost beings. You knitted us together in our mother's womb. We are created by you. And Father, as our creator, we wanna submit to you how we live. Forgive us for thinking that we know how to live better than you do. Forgive our pride, forgive our greed, our selfishness, our ignorance, Lord. And we thank you for your great mercy. That because of your son, because of the blood that was shed, we have new life. We can live out your word in confidence. We can live in your victory. Live out your victory in our every day and let your word transform us, Father, to be more like you. Because we know that 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 is where we will experience the fullness of life. Father, search our hearts. Reveal to us areas where we've gone our own way. Reveal to us areas where we are not living according to your design, where we're not living out your word, Father. Show us areas where we're not living for you. If we're living a double life at work, home, church, study, School with friends and family, Father, help us to be humble enough to receive your word, to be convicted by your spirit, and then be moved to action. We thank you that your love covers a multitude of sins so that we can be with you, so that we can experience the fullness of life. And Father, I just want to pray for those tonight who you've been stirring in. Ask for your strength upon them, Lord, that you would dispel any lies of the enemy, that the world is better for them, Father. And instead, fill them with your truth. Fill them with the truth, the joy, the life, the love, the fullness, the abundance that can only be found in you and you alone, Lord. You are our all, you are our everything. We commit our lives to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Would you stand as we worship?
2: Broken by the days gone by
0: I wasn't going to do this just because of time's sake but I think this is an important thing for us and it is uh, to give an opportunity for anyone who wants to give their life to Jesus for the first time and we've got these Bible packs and you can come and grab and take one of these and you can grab as many as you want but John five twenty four says on this I tell you the truth whoever hears my word and believes in Him who has sent me has what? Eternal life. It's a promise. And it says, And you will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. And the Scripture says, you might have seen it, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And life begins with Jesus. Jesus isn't afraid of your mistakes. He's not afraid of the decisions you're making. He just wants you to come as you are. He wants you to accept Him. He wants to forgive you. He wants to set you free and He wants to journey with you tonight. You may think you're too far gone. That's not what the Bible says. And so just, just for a quick moment, Just with all eyes closed. There's just a bit of something between you and God tonight. This is life changing. This is the decision that will move you from death to life. You access a love that nothing will ever be able to separate. And tonight, if you want Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour, you might be thinking you're not good enough. You got nothing to bring. I want to say that if you want to come to Jesus, you can come just as you are. Just cry out to Him. To say, Jesus, I need you in my life. And as John 3:16 says, the moment you say that tonight, he's yours. If you've done that tonight, Will you just, I won't point you out or anything like that. Will you just put your hand up? Will you be bold enough to do that? Just confident enough just to stick your hand up. It just helps solidify what's taking place in your heart. Yeah. Any others? You just want to put your hand just boldly up. That's great. Even if it's a pinky, just stick it up. It's these landmarks in our life, all these things we do that actually help change the course. And I want you to say tonight that if you've done that, Bible tells us that Jesus comes to live personally inside you. Will you say this prayer with me? Jesus, please forgive me for doing life my own way, and I ask you now just to calm and forgive me. Thank you that you've forgiven me even in my sin, and I ask that you'll calm now by the power of your Spirit and begin to change me afresh. Be my personal Lord and Saviour. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising again. And thank you that tonight, from now for eternity, I am a child of God and no one can separate that. Come on, let's just pray. Jesus, I wanna thank you for tonight, for the great things you're doing. And we just pray that you continue to stir more stories, more baptisms, more understanding of lives being changed only through the power of the Holy Spirit, not our good deeds. But Lord, I ask that as your Spirit is alive in us, may good deeds flow, we ask. And so keep changing us in Jesus' Name, Amen. It's been so good having you tonight, joining us for all those online as well. If you want a Bible pack, there's some down the front. I want to encourage you, if you want prayer or you just want to chat with someone, We'd love to do it here or in the Connections Lounge as well. Don't lose these opportunities, they're too powerful. But let's go, let's get into those loaded potatoes. I'll be out there as well. God bless, look forward to connecting with you next week as well for the online crew. God bless.